You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. Hope you are doing really well, uh, especially due to this bloody COVID-19 pandemic that is happening. Wherever you are in the world, please look after yourselves, your family, and particularly the elderly. We have a long way to go before we're out of it, unfortunately. Certainly, that's the advice that medical professionals are issuing through governments at the moment. However, down to the matter at hand, we have a conversation coming up for you. It is with Rodrigo Cavallo, and he's from the Atlanta, Georgia-based, I suppose they're a metalcore backslash death metal outfit, Irist. There's a lot more going on, as you will discover through the conversation. We do dive deep into the origins and distill the band's sound. They have a brand new album out for 2020. Do check it out, and I mean that. It is a very, <laughs> it's intense. Again, we talk about that through the conversation. Either way, it's called Order of the Mind. So here he is, Rodrigo Cavallo from the Atlanta, Georgia-based outfit, Irist. Hey, Rodrigo, Andrew McCoy-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? How are you doing? Good, mate. Are you surviving the zombie apocalypse over there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hanging out a lot and just uh, trying to write as much as we can and wait for this thing to, you know, cool off. Oh, it's a very strange time, mate. And you're in Atlanta, are you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is it like downtown, is downtown just completely devoid of human activity? Have you seen that? Yep, yep. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of good because in, in a way, uh, the, the city is so bad, the traffic is so bad that, mm. you know, now you can actually, you know, go places. <laughs> Not much is open. <laughs> At least you can... <laughs> At least it can, you know, not stay. Like, it doesn't take thirty minutes anymore from 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 one block to another. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit like that here in uh, in Brisbane City, actually, at the moment. I went in there yesterday because we've unbelievably we've got local elections on at the moment. Oh wow! And they're still going ahead, which is dumb. But I, I thought, well, I'm I'm not really sure whether I'll get a fine or not if I don't vote. So I thought I'd better go in and vote. And, you know, just <laughs> just walking around this, everybody's keeping 1.5 metres from each other. You know, that's that, that aspect ratio, uh -huh. six feet, 1.5 metres. And uh -huh. it's um and, and there's hardly anybody in the city centre itself, you know. All these retail shops are open, uh -huh. but nobody's yeah, actually yeah. in them. It's very bizarre. It's, it's very apocalyptic. <laughs> oh, you guys run out of toilet paper too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, yeah. I think that phrase started here in Western Sydney, unbelievably. Um, but no, yeah, we we I wouldn't say we ran out, but it was very hard to get for a period of time. I think it is still very hard to get at the moment. Actually, is it the same over there for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of strange, but um, you know, I thought I thought there would be other priorities in an apocalyptic scenario, but. Uh... <laughs> Ah, that's yeah, right. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, crazy. And you, you're originally from Brazil, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Bolsonaro? So he's he's saying that it's oh, too, too... that guy's insane, man. Yeah, he's yeah, just insane, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Where's your fam? Are you fam? Is your family? Uh, whereabouts are they based? What city? Uh, what was that again? What city in Brazil are your family in? Like what? Where are they based? I have family in. Oh, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm from a really really small town. Um, it's uh, in a state that is also very small. It's a it's right above Rio. Um, All right. Gotcha. Uh, but um, yeah, the closest the closest big city from it is um, called Vitoria. It's the capital 
of my state, and okay. it's um, it's about like one and a half million people. Wow. Okay. So, yep. um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I see. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? Brazil's got you know a fair amount of people in it too, as the United States does, and people are just going to do what they want to do anyway. And uh, when you got your president there, so uh, go out and yeah, it's not a. Ser- I don't think he said it wasn't as serious as what people are saying, but he's saying that life needed to go on. I think is was his point, and people are sort of going, "Yeah, you're right. Let's go out and just do what we've done before." It's like, yeah, I don't know where yeah, your, your health service is going to cope yeah. with all of the sick people. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that guy is weird, man. Like he's he's calling the whole thing like hysteria, and he was call he was basically asking people to just like you know uh, continue to work because he was worried more worried about the economy, economy. and the, yeah. you know not having uh not having businesses open and all that would be worse than you know the virus, which is so irresponsible because I mean first of all he doesn't know that, uh, and second you know all countries are taking pretty much a, you know measures to, to alleviate the crisis stimulus hmm. packages and things like that to you know to to rescue the economy I and mean, the whole world feeling that you know, everybody's going to feel that to some extent but then you know uh, if you're gonna if you crunch the numbers you get close to you know by you know, a lot of people dying of this so you, you, you don't want to you know put your family in high risk in cases like that you just try to find ways other ways to overcome the crisis yeah, yeah, very good points you make there, mate. Yeah, look, uh, let, let's let's pivot here and let's talk about this music. You know, this album here of you guys, uh, Order of the Mind. Uh, first word that came to mind when I had to listen to it was, "Holy shit, this is intense." Uh, it's <laughs> it's look, and, and that's easily the most prominent aspect when it comes to summarizing the album for somebody uh, in uh, as succinct a manner as possible. Now, I, I didn't uh, have. I've got to say, I didn't have much background on the on you guys, uh, except that you were rated very highly by Nuclear Blast. I knew that uh, to be picked uh-huh. up. And I think you kind of remind me, and I was talking to John John Howarth uh, last night about this, you kind of remind me of a cross between Sepultura, Killing Joke, uh, and Amur. Um, but the, hmm. the guitar parts are fairly straightforward, so I quite like that about what you guys are doing. So... And and I think your your vocals your vocals made are industrial strength. They're actually, uh, it's one of those albums where I'd I'd even call it a vocal album in that your vocals are the most prominent feature. So would you? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Would you agree with what I've just said? There does that make sense? I think what you said makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, we um, we uh, we grew up. A lot of us grew up listening to to Sepultura, and even though we we we. Um, we don't. That's not the only like band, and the other bands that you mentioned, like I don't think, are direct influences, but there are some to to the way we sound and the similarity. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I love the way you describe. In fact, uh, when when I was asked that question first, I used the exact same words that you did just now. Oh, I, I said okay. intensity. Yeah, I said. So I think you're reading it exactly the way uh, that that I that I read it. Uh, you know, if I distance myself from this. To listen to it. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think I think you were you're, you're dead on like uh, uh, on the the way. I mean, I, I don't know about the vocal thing. Like uh, I I thank you and all that, but like I I don't know about that because like I feel like I'm too immersed in it to make a judgment. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's a good way. That's a legit way to see it. Well, I also like the dynamic and the songwriting. Now, I'll give you I'll dive quite deep here on this point because at the two oh seven mark of Burning Sage, the cleansing. 
you really dial it back. You, you know when you really dial it back and you've got that deftone sound going on. Um, mm -hmm. But it's more, it's, deftones I can find a bit limp at times, whereas you guys have still got that white knuckle intensity that I think heavy metal really needs to be heavy metal. You know, and mm -hmm. when you dial it back, it still sounds as though all hell's about to break loose. And I think that's the point there when I say that white knuckle intensity. So is that is that something that you've really had to work hard at as a band to craft? Or is it something, sometimes people are just lucky, like yourself or your guitarist are just lucky and you can craft these sort of, with this kind of dynamic without trying too hard, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does. Um, I think uh, the answer to that is kind of like, it's it's kind of unavoidable for us to not do something so intense because our personalities are kind of like that. We are we're pretty like ADD, if you will. Like we're like very intense. We don't stop. We don't sit still. We're like very, um, I think I would say intense people too in many ways. So um, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a conscious thing. Uh, it just I, I I sometimes ask myself if we are actually capable of writing. Chill, more chilled kind of music, you know, like, I, I don't know if we are. Uh, I think everything is always going to come out uh, pretty intensely. So, yeah, it's not, it's not crafted to that. Having said that, uh, when we write songs, we tend to, you know, uh, we do spend time on them, or we do consider, you know, the song structure, make sure it flows, and make sure that it's never boring. Uh, you know, that's the last thing we want our, our music to be. Yeah, yes, yeah, no, you're definitely not boring, that's for sure. Uh, it's it's music that I think you probably need headphones to fully appreciate as well. It's not really the sort of music that I... I, had it, I did have it on in the car, and whilst I was enjoying it, I found that I wanted to uh, lean in a lot closer to my speakers and actually listen to what was going on. So there's a lot of ear candy, uh -huh. you know what I mean? You've done, you've done a lot of work yeah, yeah. to put a lot of uh, variation within the music, and you just really have to take some time out and... And focus on it. So, who was the who was the producer that you worked with to really get that clarity on the recording? Uh, yeah, so uh, that's I think you're that on everything you're saying. Sweet. Um, yep. We we yeah we normally spend like a good amount of time in each song, and when we by the time we go to the studio, the songs have been demoed, and times uh, take a break from them, listen to them again, figure out. We do a lot of pre-production, and we work all very hard on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the final touches were really uh, given when we went to Southampton, uh, mm -hmm. the UK, and we worked with uh, Louis Jobs, a producer, yep. really cool guy, you know, at the end of the album, pretty much as a friend of ours, uh, and he, he was also, you know, very instrumental for some of that ear candy that you mentioned, and that clarity that you mentioned through the album, really, really great to work with. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, no worries. And was was he somebody that you, you handpicked, so to speak, or, or the yeah, label suggesting? Yeah. 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 Well, we we came across Adam actually uh, uh, came across uh, Conjures uh, last album Meyer, and he was the one that produced it. And we really absolutely loved the sound of the drums in that in that album. And I think that was the the key factor, uh, key reason why. We we wanted to work with him. Uh, we just absolutely loved the Conjure album. And, and then we started digging deeper in the other stuff he did, and we also liked it a lot. So that that was the, the reason why we went there. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Um, now, look, mate, we kind of touched on this at the beginning of the conversation, but um, 
and we were talking to an artist from a band called Gotthard last night about the exact same thing, but, I mean, touring really is the lifeblood of a heavy metal band, and you can't do that mm-hmm. possibly for the next six months to 18 months. We just don't know how long this bloody thing's going to go on for. So so have you, have you guys talked about, just in the few days that we've all been in lockdown, how you you plan on spreading the word on this album because men are really not like to see this album disappear into the abyss and be one of those albums that sort of came out like I don't know whether you're old enough to remember what 9-11 was like but a lot of albums that were released in late 2001 yeah a lot of albums yeah well you know what I'm talking about then people yeah. have got other priorities sometimes yeah. and how do you guys plan on spreading the word now that you can't tour that's a great question um uh, the thing is, uh, I don't know. I, I hope that you're wrong about the six months thing. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, uh, right now, we're just like observing and seeing how things are going to develop. I think there's so much that can still happen, like good and for bad, that is very hard to make plans. Um, yeah. um, uh, we haven't even considered a scenario like that yet because it's so far, so far away. Uh, our initial plan, and it Nothing has been announced. We were just the only thing that was announced was Damnation Fest in the UK. Yeah, that was going to be October, November. Um, but before that, we had some plans, which would include July. We're still hopeful that it could happen. You know, nothing's been released yet officially, but we're still hopeful that it could happen. I mean, we we honestly, the way to, to answer your question, honestly, we don't we we wouldn't know what to do just yet. We have to talk to our management and. Uh, talk amongst ourselves and figure something out. But as of now, uh, you know, uh, in a way, you know, people are in lockdown, people are staying home, and, you know, social media is still being instrumental for us. We have been able to, you know, to get good feedback and uh, a lot of people responding to our stuff. So, uh, so far, it's still under the, the manageable uh, kind of period. Uh, after that, we have to wait and play by ear. That's all you can do, mate. That's literally all you can do. I mean, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you yeah, know. Sadly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very strange, mate. Every single tour anywhere has been cancelled because it has to be. And uh, there's going to be a scramble once everything's back up again and, and there's a semblance of normality uh, to uh, mm-hmm. to rebook tours, mate. So it's, yeah. I mean, I think we've, the whole yeah. year feels like it's getting lost um, from a production yeah. productive standpoint. But that's hopefully the least of our troubles to be honest with you it's uh yeah 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 the thing too like we feel in a way we feel kind of you know lucky we feel really bad for some bands that are already like traveling and they already had made commitments with you know touring that's a lot of the revenue they get from so in a way it was kind of like you know it was was, we're we're sad about it and all but we're we're feeling really bad for other bands too they got it much worse than we did yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely. Yeah, some of these bands have invested a lot. Printed tour T-shirts, had tours cancelled. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And booked plane tickets that they're probably going to. I mean, I don't know, mate. Lost deposits, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's tough yeah. enough as it is without this sort of thing going on top of it. But, mate, as heavy metal has always found a way to forge forward, it will find another way to forge forward in that regard again. Uh, it's the one genre... Yeah, yeah, you did right. Yeah, it's the one genre, mate, that people are so passionate about, they will never... Heavy metal and jazz, they're the two things that will always be around. I firmly believe that. Yep. Yeah, classical. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you know, so... Yeah. 
Uh, mate, I think that's it for my time, mate. Um, look, congratulations on the recording. You can tell I'm a fan. I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, just good luck with everything. Stay safe, mate. And when all the bloody dust settles, as I say, mate, hope to see you guys in Australia. Oh, man, uh, that would be like a dream come true. I actually have a cousin living in Sydney, too. And, uh, awesome. Yeah. We, I, I truly, truly, truly appreciate your time. No worries at all, brother. Uh, well, as I say, good luck with everything, mate. Stay safe, and hopefully we'll chat soon. Yeah, man. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Catch ya. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject you just heard from was Rodrigo Cavallo from the US-based outfit, Irist. Thanks so much for listening.